This episode is brought to you by the YouTube channel Comic Pop. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. Two off the rack, I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Uh, we have begun the stream. That's right. It, the stream is happening. It's the weirdest opening ever. What are you doing? I know, I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, uh, welcome to Off the Rack. If you're not familiar, this is a show where we take comics from the past week and then recap and review them and tell you what we thought about them and yes. then right, let you know what we think if we think we sh- you should get them or not. You know, yeah. pick them up, pass, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, what's it called? We're also going to be giving you recommendations for books that come out this week. Mm-hmm. We think you should pick up. Uh, before they come out yes and then uh we never really like ever capitalize on that we never go like hey as it turns out we recommend this book from last week and it was really great or like hey we really were sorry we recommended this book it's weird i know uh <laughs> last week i forgot totally forgot to talk about dr strange i know right do you want to talk about it a little bit before no, I was we start just saying like i just can't believe i did that it was cool I, I was excited to share with you that he actually did forge weapons yeah one of them was a sword or at least that's what the dwarf called it. And he's just like, it's not a sword. It's a scalpel. And it was like this huge thing. I was like, that's pretty dope. Cool. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So um, there you go. A little bit of continuity there for you. And that was also a second question. Right. Anyway. Anyway. So, um, yeah. With that in mind, we're going to talk about some books. Uh, let's jump into the first one, which I guess we can talk about. I'm going to talk about this one. Did you read this one as well? No, but you talk about it. Go for it. Okay. Well, here we go. Uh, let me get out of this way. Oops. <laughs> um, and here we go. Extermination at number three uh, came out, and it was written by Ed Brisson with art by Pepe Larraz. It is the big event before the next big event for uh, X-Men, in which uh, they're getting rid of the young X-Men. I mean, like, really, that's the only way I can put it. Like, they're getting rid of the young X-Men. Right. Um. The young X-Men was a Bendis idea. Now the Bendis is gone. All Bendis ideas are being thrown away or at the very least shuffled loose the mortal coil uh, such that it is with extermination. It's implicit in the title. Um, (laughs) I will say, however, that the art and the writing in extermination is great. And you should definitely read it if you like X-Men and if you want to feel like the X-Men are important or if you hate the young X-Men or if you like the young X-Men. I think they're giving them a a send-off with a nice little bit of dignity and grace. Okay. Uh, It's for everybody. You don't like them? Read it because they're going away. You do like them? They're going away like lovingly. Same deal for Death and Humans. Like, if you love the Inhumans, like, it's great. If you hate the Inhumans, it's still great. So (laughs) read it. Uh, But yeah, Extermination's cool. So the idea here in this issue is that, like, like, uh, like in the first two issues, um, an old X-Men villain, Ahab, is hunting mutants. More specifically, he's looking for the young X-Men. Kind of feel like if you have the name Ahab, that's you, just, have, you just kind of end up... Yeah, you're either a restaurateur or some kind of hunter. Yeah. Or whaler. Uh, <laughs> of course, Ahab is no stranger to that. He has a huge vessel, which is 50,000 miles up uh, above New York City. Okay. And uh, he has a big harpoon, and he can create uh, hounds out of these, like, uh, the... the so anyway, the first two issues, the plot is Ahab and a young version of Cable are hunting uh, the young X-Men. Right. For sport. I, I, I think that <laughs> I think uh, Ahab has his own reasons. We haven't gone into why. Okay. Uh, but young Cable also has his own reasons. And I think it's to like fix the timeline. It's always to fix the timeline. 
That's true. Well, that's why anybody goes back in time. Right. Or they're having a good time. But, yeah. like, uh, young Cable kills current old Cable. Yeah. And uh, so there are some people who are pissed about that, mm-hmm. namely Domino and uh, Jean Grey, the old Jean Grey. Okay. Uh, who's back, and she's wearing her complicated uh, 90s X-Men uniform. Oh. That's how you can differentiate between her and young yeah. Jean Grey. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, so in the first two issues, young Cable and Ahab are hunting young X-Men, and at the end of every issue, they catch one. Uh, usually it's young Cable. Ahab is yet to catch one. Um, well, that also goes for par with the course, or par for the course with the, the with character the of Ahab. Ahab. Yeah, it's true. So he'll get one at the end, though. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they're, they're they're never gonna they're not gonna do this where it's like everything gets wrapped up with a neat little bow. Like, no, someone's gonna get killed that shouldn't have died, or someone's gonna like not go back that should, or yeah. whatever. But uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, the first two issues, that's what happens. This issue, that's exactly what happens. Uh, Ahab hunts the X Men. He busts up the mansion. Uh, he kicks some ass. He takes over Nightcrawler and Wolverine, or Logan, I should say. He takes them uh, over? Yeah. They, the, do you remember those two like twins that were French that the X-Men pulled in um, from yeah. the beginning of the issue? If you're not familiar, don't worry. You're not alone. Um, they uh, they were Trojan horses that are controlled by Ahab. Uh, they, uh, they, they basically, the two of them work in tandem, and they can create like psychic bombs that they implant in X-Men's heads so that Ahab can spring them at any time with a snap of his fingers. Okay. I'm sure it was an allusion to Thanos, but in any case, he snaps his fingers and it activates the X-Men with like either implanted or exploited memories, which makes them into uh, like members of his squad. Okay. Uh, hounds, if you will. Ah, squad goals. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So he takes over those characters. He attacks Old Beast. It looks like he's going to kill, like, current Hank McCoy. He doesn't, but mm-hmm. it still looks like it's going to happen. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, young Hank McCoy is taken. And then it's revealed towards the end that uh, young Cable is also, like, working on other things. Like, it looked like, oh, he has Angel, but he referred to him as somebody else. And I'm like, oh, it's Mimic. An old oh. classic X-Men character uh, we haven't seen in a while. But uh, so clearly, what's his name? Uh, young Cable has other plans besides just like collecting young X-Men and sticking them back in the past. I don't know what it is, but it's, uh, it's, it's all part of the journey. It's kind of fun and a little, uh, little ride. I'm digging the hell out of it. I'm having a good time. The, uh, the art is fantastic. Very evocative of Stuart Eminem to like kind of remind you of when Eminem drew like the kind of like beginnings of the young X-Men right. with Bendis, mm-hmm. but uh, also being like, get out of here. Um, I don't remember how many issues it is, but I remember it's forgivably short. I think it's like six or something. This is so interesting. Five. Like, like it's such an interesting time for you. Yes. Where you're like, you're reading an X-Man book and an Inhuman book and you're loving both of and them. And I'm now, loving both of course, them. Now, of course, both of them, like, in, like, you know, like are harbingers of the end of, of each of them, but... Yeah, but they're it's going in the funny. right direction. Like, it's yeah. just so funny. Like right now here, like, you know, 2018, the year that Sal really loved an Inhumans and an X-Men book simultaneously. Event. Like, events. Yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping it's a good indication. I mean, like, we know that Sobolski's an old school Marvel guy who loved the X-Men when they were in charge mm-hmm. of the Marvel Universe. Like when you couldn't not have a mutant in a book. Right. And I think now that Fox is moving back to Marvel... Uh, there's it's a no holds barred X fest which you're gonna get right so it's the beginning of the end if you don't like mutants but it's the beginning of a big beginning for you if you dig the mutants right right so right. check that out I dig it I think it's a fun story and I think it looks really good that's so great for for that alone like the art alone I think you should definitely pick it up excellent so 
Good job to <laughs> Brisson and LaRaz. They do a terrific job. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. So let's talk about a book that we both read. Okay. Right? I mean, why not? I mean, that's... Do you have to check Super Chat or anything? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Uh, by the way, part of this show is, if you want to have an, if you want to ask a question, uh, we, uh, we encourage you to use Super Chats because it's a way for us to differentiate between what's happening in the chat and what's happening on the show. And also, um, you know, that's just how it works. Uh, that guy, Greg, says, hey, Tiffany, do you draw? Yes. Can you show your art? <laughs> I think there's an old video we did once where uh, you posted uh, like a painting of Wanda you did. And I don't remember if it was in like the if it's on the show or if it's in like your old Instagram. Yeah, that was somewhere. so like yeah. The only reason I say no is because a lot of my stuff is like I'm still I'm like relearning. I used to do it all the time, and like when you like those of you who have like traveled into the like realm of drawing, um, if you don't do it for a while. You lose it. Well, it's a muscle. You just, <laughs> you just totally like anything else. You lose it. So, like, I am really rusty. I am, like, currently just trying to finish a singular sketchbook. Mm -hmm. um, I'm almost done. But, like, it's it's a lot of, like, just con concepts and nothing finished yet. Mm. I think one day I would like to, like, make an own, my own little, like, separate Instagram to put that on there. That'd be nice. Um, but, yeah. I mean, like, I think I'm better at analyzing art than actually creating it myself. I disagree. <laughs> I think you can do both. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think that's shut up, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> Show it. I can say that because she's my friend. <laughs> Somebody asked uh, who drew extermination. By the way, it was Pepe Larraz. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um, let's do a new book that we both read, mm -hmm. and here we go. <laughs> uh, Tiffany, want to take this one? Um, sure. Um, this was uh, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, um, written by Chip Zdarsky with art by... Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> right? I don't know. I honestly... Uh, let's I find remember. out, actually. I could just do this. Here we go. Um, VCs Travis Lanham. That's the letter. Nope, that's the letter. Oh, it's by Chip Zdarsky as well. He did it all. Oh, wow. He did it all. He's a one-man band. Well, that's really nice. Obviously. Um, this book was one of those where it was like... Sal was like, you should read this. But yeah. Not at, like, but not at work. Not anywhere in public. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> you had my uh, my interest, but now I have you my, have my attention. attention. That's right. Um, I was so like, all right, I'll check it out. I was like, do I need to have been following up with this other than you telling me kind of what's yeah. going on? Like, no, do I you need don't. to? No, this is totally like, and they really do establish that at the beginning. Yeah. It's just like, hey, if you understand the basic idea of Spider Man, you're fine. You don't have to like have understood where this is going um, or prior to this. Like yeah. you can just hop into it. Exactly. This is a very much a standalone issue um, in which essentially someone is making a mini like like documentary about um, Peter Parker or not Spider-Man. Spider yes. Um, Normally and, it's synonymous, but they don't know it's Spider-Man. No, obviously not. And um, essentially it's like, what do people overall think of Spider-Man? Right. The good, the bad, all of it. Like, exactly. And just, you know, various individuals talking about him. And occasionally we'll see examples um, of the uh, acts or the moments that people are talking about. Yes. Typically in the positive. Um, however, there is one particular person who keeps popping up mm -hmm. in this. And uh, yeah, they... Um, it's this great, like, mom... I think. Yeah, she's a mother, and um, her son ends up getting, like, pulled in with these criminals who are robbing a bank, and, mm -hmm. like, they end up needing him to either drive the car Yeah, he's or, the, like, uh, I think it was like, the lookout. He's the lookout, right? And um, he just, he completely makes 
a mistake by being involved with them. Mm-hmm. And so when Spider-Man shows up to stop them, like he stops the criminals and like there's one getting away. And yep. like, he's like, Dory. Yeah. Please. The cops show up and he's like, I've got the last one. And yeah, they're like, and, okay. Like, one of the cops is like, just let him do it. And the other one's like, no, I'll go help. Mm-hmm. And when he catches up with him, he realizes it's just a kid. Yeah. And he's like, okay. So he like webs him up to the rooftop. Right. So that the, cops so the cops don't, don't find him. him. And he lets him go home, and it's the mother talking about how, like, you know, the kid had made a mistake, and Spider-Man clearly understood that, and, like, just wanted to help, and just how incredible that was. And then, like, we do some other interviews, and then later on we see that, like, Spider-Man, like, never stopped visiting the kid. And, in fact, because, like, his dad um, was no longer in their lives. And um, so, like, he's, like, helping him with his math and stuff like that as Spider-Man. And, like, it's just such a sweet moment. And I definitely started, like, tear up. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, like, (laughs) Spider-Man being, like, a hero in a different capacity. Like, just helping this kid. Because, like, the mom, like, comes upon them. like like, Yeah, she sees him. She's like, oh, okay. And she's like, "Like, that's so nice. Yeah. Um, But then it takes a turn. um, And where the criminals that were put away got out and they blamed the kid. They assumed that they had brought the cops. Or he brought the cops on them. And um, we see Spider-Man, like, go to um, to visit the kid. Mm-hmm. So, like, how about that? Knocks, knocks on the window. It's dark. Nobody like, comes to the window. He hangs yeah. around for a little bit. And then he goes down to the front door. He knocks on the front door. Nobody comes out. And he's about to leave. And that's when, like, the mother comes out and she is a wreck. Yeah. Like, she looks, like, just emotionally distraught. Just overall just, you know, in a bad place. And she kind of comes down the stairs and she hugs him and like her narration leads you to believe obviously that they ended up killing him yes like they found him and they killed him and spider-man didn't know yeah and so you have this really beautiful moment of just spider-man and this woman in the streets like being lit by a single street lamp just and him just holding her and like consoling her and then we see spider-man go after the criminals and because he is spider-man obviously he doesn't go as far as the punisher right and so, like, they're arrested once again, and mm-hmm. we see as they're being arrested, uh, Spider-Man's up on the roof, and he has his mask off, and he's just crying because, yeah. you know, he, like, in his eyes, failed. Yeah, like, right. Like, he let this kid die. Well, and he catches them in a warehouse, very evocative of yeah. when he caught the burglar who killed Uncle Ben. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, you know, we get these really incredible character moments. We hear the flip side of it, of course, with individuals who are just like, he's a menace. Like, yep. just very, without J. Jonah Jameson even being there, like, we're immediately yeah. brought to those, you know, sort of thoughts. And um, we inevitably find out, like, that it's this one guy who's making this, like, you know, documentary. And, like, someone else needs the editing lab, so he's got to go. And as he's leaving, he runs into Spider-Man. He's like, hey. What are you doing? I hear you're making a documentary. <laughs> Why? And he's just like, he's like, did I save you or something? Like, I don't understand. And he's mm-hmm. just like, well, here's the thing. Yes and no. Basically, like, uh, years ago, he was going on his first date. He was like 15. Yes. And, that was um, really sweet. It was really sweet. And, like, Spider-Man um, was in the midst of a fight. And, like, it, like the kid's outfit got ruined during mm-hmm. the fight. Like, because garbage got on him or whatever. Yeah. He was literally about to go on this date. And so, this is, like, early in Spider-Man's career. Yeah, so Spider-Man's young. So what he does is he opens up his bag and he takes his clothes and he gives them to the guy yeah. and he's like I realized at this moment you were just a kid like me mm-hmm. who doesn't know how to dress obviously <laughs> <laughs> and um, that like I just I wanted to know more about what other people thought about you and so I started doing this and um, he goes he, so, first of all I, I love that like Peter asks like how'd the date go and he's like well I was 15 so, so you can imagine how do you went. think it went Yeah. and um, the guy before Spider-Man leaves goes how did you find out? And we see that Peter Parker was interviewed yeah. as well. And like, you get this really great, like introspective thing about how 
you know, he doesn't always know the right thing to do, um, but he's never going to stop. Right. And I was like, this is really nice. This it's is a very just, great like, send off yeah, for Zadarsky. It is an excellent send off. And I think it's just an excellent just encapsulation of what Chip Zadarsky thought Spider-Man was and is. Yeah. And I, and I thought it was excellent. No, I agree. It was uh, it was a great um, if you're like thirsty for just a really solid, like emotional um, like distillation of who Spider-Man is, and if you're looking for just like a fun one-off, then mm-hmm. like this is a great issue to pick up. Spectacular Spider-Man 310. Um, it is not ending. Uh, there will be a new creative team coming on the book. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure they're not going to follow up with anything that Zdarsky was doing. Right. Zdarsky did a lot of new stuff. He established that uh, P- the J.J. Jameson knows who Peter Parker is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he firmly established that uh, Teresa Parker is his sister, and I don't think anyone's going to touch that. Okay. Uh, but right. you know who knows I'm sure if Wade comes on the book again you'll definitely see that yeah so I mean in terms of re- recommending this issue it's funny if you haven't been keeping up with Spider-Man at all I would say this is an excellent issue just to grab even yeah. if you're not going to continue with it yeah, just... if you don't get it if you don't get Spider-Man or if you never liked him in the first place like I would say pick it up try yeah. it out yeah if you don't like this then you're not going to like him <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I gotta tell you though when I read the sequence of him discovering the kid was dead to finding, like, to the being up on the, the roof. Yeah. Like, I was just, uh, I was destroyed. Yeah. Wrecked. It was great. Thanks. It was terrific. No. <laughs> it was an incredible experience. I which, loved it. Which is awesome that you were wrecked. I, yeah. I appreciate it. No, I agree. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Gabriel Torbo, uh, I feel like no other characters in Marvel don't even want to, don't e- uh, want to even talk, let alone work with the X-Men nowadays. Too much baggage. Do you concur? No, I don't. I think there's, a ton of people who want to work with the X-Men. I think people love them. And I think that like there is a ton of baggage, but like because Marvel doesn't have any editors, nobody gives a crap. So like they can pretty much do whatever they want. Right. I mean, but in terms of like characters wanting to deal with the X-Men, like if like just within the Marvel universe. Oh yeah. I well, definitely think that it's difficult for for them at times because it's like every time you introduce the X-Men into a problem and, and any Marvel character knows about their long history, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh no. Yeah. Woof. What what time travel, spacefaring, mm-hmm. you know. Cosmic. Cosmic and or like crazy Arctic like location yeah. am I going to have to deal with now? Like you just took whatever problem we had and like made it more complicated. This so I, I, I think I concur with that. No, I, that's fair. <laughs> Uh, the Terror of Death, so Sal, uh, it's been a while since I've been here. 150000 for DC 1 million. I don't think that's the plan. But uh, one day, maybe, probably. Maybe a million for DC million. Like, when we get a million subs. <laughs> it's not impossible, you know, at least two people who have them, and they got them in a very short amount of time. Uh, Zyko, the Psycho, saying, would you consider a package on the Spider-Man PS4? Uh, maybe. We did the Spider-Man James Cameron script, so there's never, That's you know, true, yeah. Never say never. Absolutely. And he also adds, uh, do you think Superior Octopus will be any good? Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be a good issue. Uh, I'm sure it might be a good series. If you liked Superior Spider-Man, you're gonna love Superior Octopus. As I understand it, it's gonna be like a mini, and I think that Doc Ock's gonna take over as Superior Spider-Man again. Like, I think they're gonna start that book up again. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's short for this world, but I do think that if you like Superior Spider-Man, you're gonna love the series. Um, so, yeah. And it's a good writer on the on the team. Mm-hmm. Cam, Spectacular Spider-Man 310 versus Amazing Spider-Man 801, which was the better send-off for their respective writers. Uh, they're both incredible issues that are uh, great highlights of the respective writers and their love slash affinity for the character. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're, like, it, it's hard to tell. I know that I was, like, hit harder by 310 than I was 801, but okay. I did love 801, so take that as you will. Okay. We got five bucks from somebody who was just really nice. Thank you very much. Thank you. And Mr. Roboto, uh, what Spider-Man is is a teenage superhero. Agreed. That's yeah. true. Uh, except for when he's like a 30-year-old. Right. <laughs> and uh, Dylan Graham, do you think Spider-Man PS4 will get a solo book? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Uh, I think it's like probably one of the most recognizable Spider-Man stories in media today. Like, 
you know, I haven't looked at the numbers for the units sold, but yeah. like, I'm sure it dwarfs the monthly sales for any given Spider-Man comic. Yeah. So yeah, they probably. should. They should definitely. I think they should just follow the um, injustice model. Just yes. do the digitals and a trade. Agreed. You know, if you're trying, if you're trying to hit the people who picked up the game just because it was a Spider-Man game, mm-hmm. that might be a better way to do it. Yeah. Uh, did you read Amazing Spider-Man number six I did not. or seven or whatever it was? Six. six. I did yeah, not. Uh, I did. And uh, it was fun. Um, okay. Uh, Amazing Six is uh, Spider-Man is brought to the bar with no name uh, by Boomerang. Okay. And Boomerang is trying to like, eh, he's trying to get in good with like his people and stuff like that. You get a great cameo from the superior foe Spider-Man. Um, and uh, it, the idea is because um, Boomerang is Spider-Man's roommate. Okay. And uh, Boomerang doesn't know that Peter knows that he was Boomerang, but... Peter does and whatnot. It's, okay. You know, fun. Oh, who knows what? Um, there's a little bit of like, once again, it's a weird, like Spencer was like, Sp- Spencer making Spider-Man and Mary Jane get back together is so weird because like, they don't refer to it much mm-hmm. when they do. It's just like a thing that happens. Like if I were to take over, which of course is ridiculous, but like the idea is like, if I were to be like, okay, uh, Hey, um, just for fun, I'd like to bring Spider-Man and Mary Jane back together. They'd be like, yeah, I'd make Mary Jane a central character that really mattered. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's not. Right. Instead, Mary Jane is window dressing. She is a plot device. She is a uh, like a, a cosmetic addition to the book. Mm-hmm. Spider Man will like make out with Mary Jane, and then Boomerang will come in, and then the real story will begin. Right. Which is weak. Uh. So, but that being said, the issue was really fun, and I really enjoyed what happened in it. Uh. Basically, Spider uh, Peter Parker reveals to Boomerang that he knows a lot about Spider Man because Boomerang keeps telling like Spider Man stories and like. Peter's sick of it because Boomerang's a foolish crap and he's also like a liar mm-hmm. and he keeps painting himself in a better light. Right, right. And uh, when Boomerang confronts him about it, he's like, how do you know so much? He's like, oh, because I'm a Spider-Man expert and I'm also his friend and no, I, I used to work for him and stuff. And um, Boomerang's like, oh, okay, well then come with me. And they go to the bar with no name and they meet up with like, all these second stringer supervillains. Okay. And they wind up going to Spider-Man Trivia Night. And Are you serious? Yeah, so Boomerang brings Peter as a ringer. <laughs> and... Uh, so yeah, and that's the idea. Is there like a cash prize? I don't remember what the prize is. I think it is money. I don't recall. Okay. I mean, like they wouldn't do it otherwise. Do they win? Uh, yeah, Peter wins. Big time. What oh, Boomerang it? ditches him and steals his phone and talks to the kingpin. What? Yeah. This is... I know. Okay. It's fun. It's a fun little issue. Uh, Humberto Ramos... This is great uh, okay. cover indicates more than what actually happens. I think the cover of the next issue is actually more accurate to what actually happens in this issue. Uh-huh. That being said, fun story. Uh, Spencer is having fun with this book, okay. which is essential and, and, and important for the series. And it needs to be fun. It needs I, a shot in the arm. I agree with that. So uh, with that being said, I think you should definitely check it out. It's a fun story with a lot of like cool moments in it if you like humor in your comics you will enjoy this if you like superior foes you're gonna love this issue mm-hmm. um and if you're looking for like it's as far away from what dan slot would have done as possible so okay. like you definitely should check it out all right it's, it's a fun and you don't even need to read anything else like if you were like ah, i don't i don't read that issue or yeah. like i dropped off after slot i don't read it anymore you can pick yeah. up you can pick up from here and not really lose anything okay especially since it's right after that last arc where like they were split yeah and that was like Probably the most disposable Spider-Man story I've ever read. Right. So. It's honestly nice to hear you calling a Spider-Man book fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's <laughs> nice to hear. It's hey, nice it's, to it hear. feels good to say. I gotta <laughs> tell you. Uh, so jumping back into the super chats. Uh, Zyko the Psycho. Uh, also, I'd love a back issue on, on Batman's no, land, no Man's Land. That'll happen someday. Mm-hmm. I have the whole series in two different types of trades. So you're so not you're, far. You're prepared. You, I am you're prepared. Prepped. Yeah, one day it'll happen. <laughs> 
Terror of Death, Century Number 4 was really damn good. Yes, it was. Uh, are we going to talk about it? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, and uh, Algae Try, I was going to use this money to buy tacos, but this is just a satisfying. Thank you so much, man. Thank wow, you for giving you us, your taco, us your taco money. money. Oh, you didn't have to do that, man. You didn't. That's so sweet. And that I know how much that means. Yeah. These tacos are awesome. Now, if you were to go to like Taco Bell, you could have bought 10 tacos for that money. Not anymore. No? Is not, it more? Just, yeah. I'm you always. Could, you could feel the dollar menu, but it's like not tacos anymore that mm, are on there, really. No, that's true. Uh, Fat Snorlax, any thought about Death of Daredevil? Also, hi. Hi. Uh, I don't know anything about Death of Daredevil besides the great book that Bendis did with Malieve, uh, Daredevil End of Days. Uh, and Comic Vigilante is just helping us out. Thank you very well, much. Well, thank you so much. Uh, so, yeah, uh, jumping into the next book, I guess we could talk about the, the Century Number 4. Okay. I, I, uh, I don't have a cover for this. Did but you read it? I did not. So tell us did. more about it. No. Oh, or I shared it? Yeah, I didn't yeah. read it though. Oh, I'm a very busy person. Wow. Okay. Well. Um. Yeah. This book has just been just a just a treat. It right? literally like because I'm I've, I've read up to three and I just skipped four. Okay. Well, then I hate that I'm going to spoil this for you. But this is written by Jeff Lemire, um, with art by Kim Jacinto and Joshua Kassara. Um. Yeah. So don't forget. Um. When we last left, um, Scout had got taken the serum to turn himself into like a version of the century yes. essentially. And Crania was inside, uh, you know, Bob Reynolds brain. Yep. And um, he has this moment where all of a sudden Bob Reynolds shows up and he's like, Oh no, if Bob Reynolds is here, that means the century is out because yes. that's exactly what happened. Um, Bob Reynolds was taken by Tony Stark and uh, put into this like deep place where they were meant to like keep the century away and um, basically, the Sentry came out and was like, I have to s- fix this. I've got to, like, you know, stop it. I've got to stop Cranio and, like, you know, ah. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, see, I can't let you do that, Bob. And, like, Sentry's like, Bob's not here. It's a Sentry now. Right. Okay, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I was an Avenger. Right? And um, so Scout ends up putting his little costume on, well, at least his, like, head part, which also includes the cape. And he's like, I got to go stop the Sentry. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, because, like, I'm the Sentry now. Yeah. And um, Tony's like, I can't let you out. You like he's just like you don't get to say that I can't do things. Right, I'm the century. I can do anything. So he just blasts out and leaves. Mm. And Tony's like, okay, well, this is bad. Yeah. So uh, Monica Rambeau shows up, or no, is it Monica Rambeau? Uh, Misty Knight. I thought it was Misty Knight. It's Misty Knight, not Monica Rambeau. Misty Knight shows up and she's like, you screwed up. You said that we were gonna be right. He's just like, it's not good. And she starts calling in his Iron Man suit. And he's just like, you should get some backup ready, but don't send them in yet. I got to go talk to him. Yeah. So he like takes off, follows him. And he's just like, this suit isn't going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And so he puts on essentially like a Hulkbuster suit. Cool. Which looks phenomenal. Yep. And he grabs him by the leg and he's like, Sentry, you got to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, you can't, you got to come with me. This isn't like, like, we got to talk right yeah. now. And he's just like, there's no time for talk. Like, I gotta, I gotta go and figure this out. Like, yeah, this is really I gotta bad. go into my like, own mind. If I... Yeah, well, because he's like technically two different people. And in fact, right. when he's in his own brain, he's talking to Cranio because Cranio goes back in because Cranio's like, this is bad, but I've already committed to this. So he goes back in and, and like Cranio's there and like he's talking to Bob and Bob's like, listen, I need you to like help me to fix this because the void is going to come and it's going to be really bad. So I need you to like stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. He's like, because I really can't concentrate right now because he's completely split at this point. Yeah. And Cranio's like, yeah, here's the thing about that. I'm not going to help you. Right. Like, I have, I've committed. I hate you. Yeah. I've committed to this path, and I'm not going back now. Yeah. Um. So he starts attacking Bob in the Mindscape, and, like, Bob makes a run for it. And essentially, like, 
he starts thinking about the fact that he's like, my entire life as the sentry, I have been trying to keep it at bay and resisting it. Mm -hmm. And he starts wondering, what would happen if I didn't? Right. And I was like, that's a cool that's concept, a neat idea. right? Yeah. So while that's going on, the sentry is dealing with Iron Man and then Scout shows up um. and he like starts attacking him and he's just like, what? what is this? And he's just like, I took the serum and it's totally cool. And like, <laughs> I'm going to take you down. And like, it's fine. And so mm -hmm. they start fighting and like, it's a really brutal fight because like Scout has had enough of him and he's just like, you didn't get to do this. You left us and you left me and I get to be like a crappy, like short order cook and you get to go into your mind and like deal with like being the sentry and like mm -hmm. having heroic like battles and all that stuff. And you just left me behind. No, you don't get to do that. Now I'm the sentry. Yeah. And then like Iron Man, like, hits him and he's like what are you doing i'm i'm i'm, I'm a the hero. new century i'm, I'm the century <laughs> and he's just like yeah but you're not kid like right you're not yeah you're actually and like, like so an the yeah. and then like so scout like loses it <laughs> in like this amazing way where he's just like i'm the century yeah like mm -hmm. you don't get it he's like i'm gonna, I'm gonna uh. so like <laughs> okay he, like while the battle is going on in bob reynolds brain he's running down all these like streets and he finds an alleyway and the alleyway is like dark and you can see at the end the mm -hmm. void is there oh cool and so like he runs towards it and then he just kind of is drops down to his knees and like the void's like hey bob <laughs> what's, what's up that's cool and he's just like he's like i think i need your help man mm. and like he's just like yeah you know i pretty much thought that would happen he's just like i always avoided this but like maybe what i need to do is just join with you join with you and so like it's this cool moment where like you see the sentry being beaten up by scout yeah and like it's interspliced with these panels of like bob reynolds like reaching his hand up oh to and the sentry putting his hand down and they like do like a kind of like a like bro kind of grab yeah, like a like, like a arnold like, and dutch or well, yeah, because, dutch and like, Dylan. exactly because like the void's like i'm gonna help you up it's cool it's cool and then right. you see this crazy panel like this three set of panels where like bob reynolds is in the center and he's got like part of the sentry over here part of the void over here mm -hmm. and they merge and so you get the new sentry who shows up, who's this like amalgam of the three characters. That's awesome. That's such a great and, idea. And like he shows up and he's just like, I'm whole. <laughs> and then it's like, now the next issue will happen. I'm oh, just like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like I love the idea of like taking the sentry and the void and making them into one character and yeah. having Bob Reynolds just be that conduit and see where this goes. Like who's going to win out in terms of morality? Who yeah. like, you know, if like when you've done everything you can with the century kind of void dichotomies, like do something different. Yeah, make yeah. a new character. Out exactly. Of it. Um, and he's, you know, in this version, uh, of course, it's easy they could always split them up again in the future. Um, they could kill them off for the time being. Yep. Like, obviously, you know, I'm sure Jeff and me would like to continue telling more stories about this. Probably. Um, but I, you know, with the duality of what the century is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is just kind of like the obvious, like, yeah, this is where they should have gone with this. And, like, yeah. I, it's kind of amazing that I'm like, oh, we're just getting, oh, yeah, of course. Like, right. It makes sense. Yeah, it really does make sense. So that's really cool. Yeah, very, very cool story. Um, we're at part four or five now. Yeah, how um, many how many issues does this series have? I think this, it's five. I it's think. five issues? I believe it is. I think, like, I mean, it's a hell of a way to end it. So, yeah. So let me, let me, let me check that. Okay. Um, I'm sure that would be really cool. Might know for certain. Yeah, like they seemingly they have one more on the storyline at the very least, which mm -hmm. would make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're going to just yeah, part part four or five for Century World. Oh, sweet. So we'll see how the story wraps up and where they leave Bob afterwards. Afterwards, yeah, because like part of me really does feel bad for Bob Reynolds. Yeah. 
like in a way just wanting to be normal and like having everyone tell him around him he can't be you right. know what i mean like he was very happy working in like crappy diner mm-hmm. you know like just not dealing with things not having yeah. to worry about you know like utilizing his power to help people but in the end like hurting them like yeah. he's just like i just rather not like yeah so yeah no, that's cool very cool uh, I guess we should keep going with more books you've read because, like, this one oh. is a book you've really enjoyed for a while. I, I kind of want to hold off on okay, that Okay, all right, one. we'll hold off on yeah, that yeah. one. All right, all right, cool, cool. Well, in that case, I guess we can talk because about... Because I've, I've got one indie I read okay. this week, and I could just talk about that very briefly. Yeah, let's I do that. Get, uh, into it too much. It's just, you know, um, October rolls around everybody, and I'm always looking for a new horror book um, to be into. And um, last time around, um, or at least last time this book came out, I mentioned Cold Spots. Yeah which um is just a like moody like paranormal horror book that that image is putting out right now um it's by cullen bunn with art by mark torres um so in torres is a very very distinct style Mm -hmm. which may not be for everybody but i think it really works for this type of story um basically this uh guy who's really good at finding people um used to have a wife and that wife had a kid and he's kind of was like aware not aware of it and uh you know, she, the mom lived with her own father mm-hmm. and, uh, one day she and her kid took off and like now like her like father is like, where'd they go? I'm going to call it like her ex-husband in to find yeah. them. When he, uh, finds, picks up the trail, he inevitably finds that, that they're on this island and, um, that essentially the only way to get there is via like boat and like the boat is like not in service right now. So okay. So stay overnight and then like charter a boat. The guy he talks to who's got the room for him ends up being, like, frozen okay. by, like, someone he recognizes as his ex-girlfriend. And um, and he is shattered. Oh, crap. And, and now it's a murder scene. And so, like, we pick up where it's, like, the homicide or, like, the sheriff is there basically just, like, all right, what did you see? What happened? He's right. just, like, I went to go charter a boat. I talked to him. And then moments later, this happened. Yeah. Like, it was minutes. Like, is there something you're not telling me right <laughs> being like a guy From who's here? gonna stay at this place and he's just like oh you talked to him huh and he's just like oh, oh, oh no no i'm now not a I'm... suspect yep. no 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 he's just like what exactly are you doing here and he's just like i'm going to quarrels island to see a friend mm-hmm. and she's like oh a friend huh and he's like yep i was going to charter a boat blah, blah blah so he ends up like calling a guy over he's like this guy will help you get to the island because mm-hmm. as this is all going down like they get another call in that another part of the area someone has been found shattered. Oh, okay, it's great. Like, okay, All right, I'm clear. I'm, I'm not a murderer now. <laughs> so he goes out to the island, and there's a lot of like conversation um, and just general dialogue about death and like dead things, and like the fact that like you know, like he's like he's talking to the guy who's driving the boat, and he's just like, hey, like you know, like like are you sure like they like want to leave or whatever? And he's like, oh no, I'm sure she like loves hanging out like on this island like surrounded by dead things, and he's like, Earth's been around for a real long time it's all really surrounded by dead things wouldn't you say i guess and like so it's just in, like it's an interesting because like he's talking to a lot of older characters which i thought was like kind of a fun concept because like i think very based on your age a lot of people have different concepts of death yeah and how to deal with it and like the inevitability of it in a way ends up on the island clearly like there's a cult style like event going on his daughter has some sort of paranormal like abilities or supernatural abilities okay and um like she is somehow the like sort of the cause of this although the people from the town he was at earlier say that like 
the cold comes and people die. Like, you know what I mean? It just came earlier. Oh. And like, he's like, he heard like some like radio, like station talking about how like an hour away, it was going to like hit like 75 degrees. And he's like, that's an hour away. Right. There's no way like what is happening here. Um, so I like Colin Bunn's like brand of horror. I wish this friggin' dude ever went to a comic book. I know. You've never gotten a chance to talk to Colin Bunn. I've Bond, never had a chance. It's friggin' weird. But he's a very specific brand of horror, in my opinion. Um, yes. A lot of it talks like is a lot about world building and like uh like almost like a campfire story esque kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which very much appeals to you. Right. This very much reminds me of like sort of a Silent Hill feel. Yes. I was going to um, say. But with yeah. a little more like supernatural elements. I mean, not that Silent Hill isn't, but like there's always the question of psychological versus supernatural in those, that universe. Yeah. Um, this is very obviously paranormal supernatural. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> so check that out if you like horror. Yeah. It's cool. And yeah. The big two don't really do that very much. Yeah. So. And like, here's the thing. Um, depending on how you feel about Colin Bunn, his horror is very different than most of the other stuff that he writes. That's true. Very different. Yeah. Uh, jumping into the super chats oh, again, sure. uh, the comic vigilante returned with, "Hey Tiffany, I know the indie books don't do well, but please, Sam in Volume Two, sometime before 2019." I think that'd be actually kind of cool because the second volume, all right, the first volume was really easy to do in a way because like they were so uncertain of that book continuing on that yeah. like it kind of has like a great a period, ending. yeah, that was able to be turned into like a semicolon in a right. sense, right? <laughs> like. Um, they weren't a hundred percent. They're like, it could end here or not. Um, yeah. so the second volume doesn't have quite that kind of like bow on it, but like mm. maybe, yeah, right. Maybe I would love, there's definitely a section of that, which like, I think would have you guys scratching your heads a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, that. Salmon did do pretty well. Oh. So maybe one day. Oh yeah. Certainly we could do universe. Yeah. The new one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if that's if that's self-contained enough, yeah, we'll see. And that's that's about. Yeah, I'd rather talk about Morbius. Yeah, let's be honest. We all want only want to talk about. Nobody likes Daniel Hall. That's why. I that's why Game ended it that way. I like, weirdly feel bad for the guy. <laughs> Screw him. He's not even real. He can't even. He is real. <laughs> uh, Rodney Coverdale saying. Getting my license in a few weeks, decided to celebrate by giving you guys some ca- some gas money. Oh, thanks, oh, Rodney. Oh, thank you, Rodney. Congratulations. Well, congratulations. Good luck. Uh, be safe out there. Yes. Just, Just anticipate everyone else around you will do the dumbest thing possible, yep. and uh, you'll never be surprised. That's right. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, don't use your phone too much. Yeah. Uh, the Terror of Death. Any thoughts on the new Jessica Jones book? In my opinion, it's been really good so far. I'll be honest. I read the first two issues of the new series. found it so boring, I stopped reading it. I saw um, a page from the recent one. Me too. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Boo. Really? I enjoyed it. That was horrible. With I thought the, it was a horrible with decision. With Lone Shark? Oh, no, not Lone Shark. No. I mean, oh, I thought you were talking about the page where they reveal that Danielle might actually be the Purple Man's daughter. Yeah. That's when I was like, boo. Oh, no. I saw the, sh- the Lone Shark. Yeah. That's fun. Page. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Um, but it could also just be like one of those patented Bendis uh, screw you like I'm just doing it to blow your mind kind of situation. But let's hope that's not true because boo. Uh, but yeah, so um, let's go into it. Uh, let's see. Uh, I guess I can talk about this really quick. Good. <laughs> wow. I, know been a, I know it's been a Marvel fest. We're sorry. Uh Mar- uh, Marvel 2-in-1, The Thing, and uh, The Human Torch finally kind of wraps up. We're almost done. Uh, this is uh, done by Chip Zdarsky again with art by uh, Ramon Perez. Okay. And, okay. It's great. Uh, I think Zdarsky's leaving this book too, which is like, oh no. Oh, really? What is he going to do? 
I hope he's I, I huh. hope he goes someplace regularly because he's he's an untapped he is an unrespected resource at Marvel right now. I hated his Howard the Duck. I love everything else he's done, and he's friggin' amazing. So check this out. Um Basically, uh, the last couple of issues, uh, Ben and John have been looking for the Fantastic Four, Mm -hmm. but Fantastic Four premiered during the series, where the series would have been a perfect way to set up that the Fantastic Four are getting back together. Uh, They couldn't wait, and so Fantastic Four came out and undid everything that's in here, or at the very least took the winds out of the sails of this entire series. If you want to read the Return of the Fantastic Four, do yourself a favor and don't read anything Dan Slott read or wrote until you finish at least this issue. Okay. Because this issue is, the whole series has been that the Thing knows that Reed and Sue are dead. And Johnny can't cope. And Ben gets everything and basically takes Johnny on a, like, lying quest to look for Reed and Sue through the multiverse. Right. When in reality, he's actually honoring Reed's request to never stop adventuring. And Sue's request to not leave Johnny alone. And so it's like, so Johnny's like, yeah, let's go. We're going to find them. And Ben knowing they're dead and being like, yeah, let's go to the next one. And you're like really sad. It's really cool. And it's just an amazing story. And it would have been such a beautiful culmination in them actually getting back together. And it's ruined by there being a series that came out right before it. Um, Especially because now that I've read Dan Slott's, two issues on Fantastic Four, and I've read Chip Zdarsky's ten issues on what is essentially the Fantastic Four, uh, this series is better. Wow, okay. Like, I mean, there's more issues to really compare it to, but, like, I was sold by issue one, and I was not sold by issue one in Fantastic Four. Right. I enjoy the ideas behind Slot's Fantastic Four, and he has uh, surprised me before, and I certainly fell in love with Big Time Mm -hmm. when that was a thing ten years ago. But, uh... Zdarsky would have been a better choice because he freaking nails it. Uh, okay. I'm not even going to talk about what happens. Just read it. It's just a great book. Okay. Um, so yeah, like just just pick it up. Yeah. It's just a great series. It's also fun because it's like a, they're, they're in a Mad Max Road Warrior future where Spider-Man takes over. So check that out. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool and weird and dark and fun. Okay. I say check it out. All right. Um, I guess right. we could talk about the Justice League book that you yeah. want to talk about. Right? Uh, look at another, technically two Justice League books came out this week, but the one I read, of But course, the one that we want to talk about. <laughs> is Justice League Dark, uh, number three, written by uh, James Tynan IV, with art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno. Yes, and Bueno's the operative t- word. Oh my god, this is my favorite DC book right now. Look, I love Mr. Miracle, but like this is my favorite DC book right now. It's it very, has everything I want. Yeah, this is your favorite like ongoing series. Yeah, it has everything I want, and oh... We're, we're on issue three, and I'm just, just like, I'm so invested. I'm so invested in this world. Um, for those of you who haven't been following Justice League Dark, it follows um, the Justice League Dark team, which is led by Wonder Woman with uh, Zatanna, uh, Swamp Thing, Man Bat, uh, Detective Chimp, mm-hmm. and occasionally uh, Constantine shows up. We'll pop in. Yeah, he's a big part of this, this arc. Um, this book is incredible. It's dealing with the idea that, like, something's wrong with magic. In the DC universe, right. it is poisoned in a sense. And, like, it originally had been, like, murdering those who had used it in, like, horrific ways where, like, they would explode or, like, like it was just insane. And, like, the visuals in this book really push it over the top mm-hmm. um, because it really does a good job of being a horror book while also, like, working as a DC superhero book. Like, just... just yes, bueno. Absolutely. 
all around. Um, so good. Um, but um, this book picks up where the last issue left off, where it was just like, oh no, Dr. Fate's a bad guy. Who'd have thought that? Right? And like, by bad guy, I mean he messed up. Oh. Real bad. Okay. Real bad. Basically because the source wall, source wall opened up and we have um, the Tree of Wonder. The Tree of Wonder is like this conduit for raw magic to get in mm-hmm. and wherever it came from and whoever we took it from, essentially, um, is coming for it, right? Oh. Like they want it back. And so we, the opening of this book is uh, Zatanna as a little girl and we get a little idea of what it was like to be Zatanna being raised by Zatara. That's cool. Where like every morning at this hour, like at like five o'clock, like he would come in and like say, get up backwards as so she would get up and like, they would practice all day. And first you'd practice using actual magic or no, using like tools of the trade and magic. So like using lock picks and stuff like that to make it look like she was actually like doing like a magician's performance. Yeah. And then she would practice just using magic. And inevitably she ends up asking like, Hey, why do we use this? Why? Like I can feel magic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like, why are we doing like sleight of hand and crap? Right. Or like, why do we use magical words? Why don't we just tap into the raw magic? And oh. he's just like, and she's like, I know you're like worried about me asking that so early, but like, tell me Mm -hmm. and he's just like here's the thing like magic in its raw like version of it like we shouldn't use because like the reason we use like backwards words or demon blood or like cauldrons and wands and all this stuff right is eyes of newt yeah is to hide ourselves from them to hide what we're doing from them and i was like okay that's a like cool intro and then we just launch right into it where it's just like the upside down man who that's what he introduces himself as okay who is like just the the guy on the cover here it's an incredible visual um it, you won't be able to see it in here i don't think um well he's it here might be that maybe nope just stick with that uh incredibly creepy like he's just like he has a very interesting personality where it's just like he's serious but also like uh nigh unto god so like his sense of humor is like that of like but you're all ants anyway so okay. who the hell cares mm-hmm but he's just like, ah, I haven't quite gotten this anatomy thing right just yet. Like, oh, so how did like, I do? do? I create I a body? Do I have enough limbs? Do I have, like, <laughs> like it's just, it's interesting. That's and, like, cool. They're like, yeah, you didn't really nail that. Um, yeah. But essentially, he has, he know he's at Oliver on all of them. He knows exactly. He's just like, oh, yeah, a little spell, like, cast or whatever, blah, 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 blah. So, like, initially, he attacks Zatanna and Wonder Woman, who were there. Um, because like, they haven't talked to Fate, and who ends up, like, opening the doorway, essentially. Yeah. And then um, Detective Chimp. And Manbat come flying in. Cool. And a detective, or Manbat has the vase of the other Doctor Fate, who who <sighs> popped out for a minute. Who they're like, oh my god, we know what's going on. Like they already know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So Detective Jim takes his sword and he like slashes into the upside down man, and he's just like quaint. And then <laughs> he turns Detective Chimp into like a horrific puddle. Like he oh. literally makes him just melt. And like as it's happening, he's like still talking. Oh. And even as a puddle, he's still like crying out. I'm uh, like, that's awful. I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah. This is an incredible book. And like, Man Bat takes the vase and he's like trying to like scoop him up and put it in. <laughs> he's just like, no, I can fix you. Science can save you. I'm like, Aww. oh my God, what? What a horror show. And like, Diana's like trying to get them out of there. And then like, you just hear like, enough. Mm. And that's when we see outside that like Swamp Thing has grown large because while this is all going on, like Constantine, like Swamp Thing had hung outside Fate's Tower and Constantine shows up and he's just like, hey man, I know you were totally going to like retire, but like you think you got one more in you, mate? Oh. Like we gotta, we gotta fix this. Mm -hmm. And so like Swamp Thing gets gigantic and he's just like, I'm not going to let you do this. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, screw you, man. You don't get to hurt this world. 
And so he goes to grab him, and upon touching him, the Upside Down Man just makes him wither and die. Swamp Thing? Yeah. That's awesome. So he's just gigantic, and then he just falls down, and then Constantine's there. Because, like, basically, the the Upside Down Man seems to be heading towards the Tree of Wonder. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, so they're trying to stop him. Yeah. Like, but without really a plan. Right. So, like, Constantine's like, I, all right, I'm up. So, like, he's there and he's just like, like, you know, I met some guy and he taught me a spell that's meant to kill a god. So, here we go. Yeah. And he casts this huge, like, sigil thing. And, like, Satana's like, he can't keep that up. He's going to burn himself alive from the inside out. Okay, cool. So, he casts this thing and, like, you think the upside down man is gone and he's not. And he shows back up and he's just like, oh, demon blood. How quaint. Let's see you how you do without it. And so he takes Constantine and he just pulls the blood out of him. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, he's just dressing them down, just destroying them. So then like Zatanna tries to like be like, release him, whatever. And that's when he goes after her and Wonder Woman shows up and she's got her shield and she's like, enough. Yeah. And he's just like, what are you? <laughs> he's like, no, he doesn't know who she like, is. I don't know. There's something. Hmm. And so she describes herself as like Princess Diana, like, you know, of the mascara, daughter of Zeus, the whole thing. He's like, no, no, no. I didn't ask who you are. Mm-hmm. I asked what you are. There's, I, there's something in there I don't understand. And he like starts like playing with her and he turns her almost into like a two-dimensional like piece of fabric in mm-hmm. a sense. And she fights back. And upon fighting back, her like tiara thing like busts off of her head. Mm-hmm. I remember in the first issue, everybody, when she found like the daughters of Hecate, basically, yeah. and they like took her and they branded her. Yeah. Well, the the symbol of Hecate shows up oh. on her forehead and like releases this incredible power, and she turns into this like embodiment of Hecate, basically, and she's like terrified by it. And so like Zatanna's there, who's had magical training, and she's just like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm like <laughs> I feel like I'm filled with this like crazy like light power. Yeah. And she's like, no, that's good, Diana. And yeah. she takes her hand and she's like, I need you to focus on what it is you want to do. What do you want to do? Right. And like, so she focuses on that and they drive him back and it hurts him. Mm. And so like, he ends up leaving and upon doing so, she also brings Detective Chimp back, saves Swamp Thing. She puts everything back the way it was. Okay. Now we're in issue three, of course. And like, Detective Chimp's like, uh, did we win? Right. And like, Zatanna's like, she just kind of like dresses it down like, this is what just happened. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't win. <laughs> this has just barely begun. He's coming back. Right. And it's going to be worse than before. Mm. And the only thing they have basically stopping them is something we don't even understand. Right. Is Wonder Woman's it's crazy Wonder Woman power. and like whatever the heck's going on with mm-hmm. this. So like, God, I love this book. I just, I can't say enough about how no. much I love this book. <laughs> they fixed for Constantine too, right? What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Constantine is back as well. Yeah, cool. They, they put him back together as yeah. far as I think. That's dope. Yeah. And that's Tynion? Yeah. Wow. It's Tynion. So like, if you if you don't like Tynion, which I've heard a lot of people like kind of like being down on him for a while, like, yeah. give him a shot with this because like it's this and that Ninja Turtles Batman book. Right. But like for me, I'm like we're on issue three and I really appreciated this type of storytelling because most of the time it's like, oh, like we have to do something and like they fail and then like we got well, to re-rally and stuff like that. They're like, no, no, no. They're going to have a mini encounter with the big bad guy. Yeah. And then like. I'm like, what? What does he have in store? Right for the, the, next, the next encounter. Yeah. Like he's, it's well, like we got the introduction. And how are our heroes going to be prepared? Exactly. For this? Yeah. And like, what is going on with, with with Diana? And I love when they take Diana and they they use mythology mm-hmm. more so. And so like tying her to Hecate. Now, this is leading up to something that's coming out, which I'll mention when we talk about the things that are coming out soon okay and my understanding is we're gonna get a lot more Hecate and Diana and like good or bad we don't know yet. Cool. So. 
Nice. Love this series. That's Love awesome. this series. So if you're looking for a magical series with some like of these horror elements, yeah. this is like this is the book for you. Right? I'm telling you right now, between the art and the story, like they're just perfect for each other. Like this is an incredible team. That's cool. Thank you, Scott Snyder, for setting up somehow. I Man. right? Like it's just like it, uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, uh okay. Uh so check it out. Yes. Uh, Mr. Roboto, why doesn't Bob just get into death metal? I don't know. <laughs> right? I think he's uh, has been in the suburbs too long. Right. Uh, Kevin Myers, Daredevil book to celebrate season three. You guys rock. Uh, thank you very much. Season three is coming out in a couple weeks. I'm so hyped. Uh, he's throwing the costume away. He's burning it. And he's replacing it with the Frank Miller costume again. Right. And I uh, hear a certain... Vince D'Onofrio's back. I know. And he's wearing the white suit. I know. <sighs> <laughs> they need to get their heads out of their asses and get him in the movies because uh, he is so he's, good. He's incredible. He, they're all good. He is a treasure. Daredevil is my show. <laughs> like any, they're like, oh, have you seen Jessica Jones season three, like or two or whatever? No, Luke, no. Daredevil's oh, your jam. J- Daredevil's my jam. Uh, but no, we're not doing a book for for Daredevil. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, Daniel Preto, uh, because by the way, like uh, it's based on Born Again. We did it. Oh. You want to watch it? It's a huge episode. We're all four on the couch. Uh, Daniel Prieto helping us out. Thank you very much. Terror of Death. Just make Chip Zdarsky the head of Marvel. The guy knows the universe backwards and forward. It's true. Dude does. Uh, I think you'd find a lot more humor books as a result, but maybe that's not a bad thing. may not be a bad thing because sometimes then that brings more weight to the more serious moments. Exactly. Sam Anderson, Upside Down Man, best DC Cenobite, suck at Cenobats. Agreed. I think, uh, what's it called? Batman Who Laughs? A little overdeveloped. Yeah, but Uh, this guy, like... (laughs) This guy's pretty dope. He's, it's just, it's a simple concept and because it, it, it makes you you recognize what it is enough that, that you it's know it's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like yes, yes. Uh, Red X Man eighty eight. Hey Tiff and Sal. It's Harris. Hey Harris. How's hey! it going? Happy yeah. birthday, man! It's my birthday. I was wondering if I could get a birthday wish from my favorite YouTubers. You absolutely can. Happy birthday, Harris! I hope you have an awesome birthday year. Indeed, and, uh, man. Yeah, I hope you had an, a great day and a, a great weekend. Yeah, congratulations! Happy weekend. birthday, and hopefully you had a good time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Martin Archuleta, Dark Phoenix trailer, hated it. Uh, I liked it when I first saw it, when it was uh, X-Men 3 The Last Stand. Um, and it looks like it's basically just the same script. That like Kinberg was like, oh, no, you didn't do it right, so I'm just going to do it again. You know what it is? So it's, like, it's almost like in a way they're like, who cares? Yeah. We're just going to do whatever we want right now. We're going to do a back issues to correlate with it, but we're not. But I'm not going to go see it. I'm good. Uh, so many people I know didn't see Apocalypse, and it's like, good. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to go see this. Okay. It's over. Uh, and Mr. Roboto, are you sure this is not Justice League Black title? <laughs> I know, right? It's freaking dope. You know what, though? Like, I appreciate that, like, it isn't, it like, that it's not, because it's, like, it makes them have to skirt the line between, like, standard superhero title, because it's still a Justice League book. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, again, like, it's just Justice League Darkman. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I saved that one as well, the last book I had time to read today, because I was like, I'm going to save this. Yeah. Just... Uh, <clears throat> Doomsday Clock came out. Yeah. And uh, it's issue seven. We're past the halfway point for Doomsday Clock. Yes. I literally had to, like, skim through You have to read six. everything to get back to what was like, happening. I was like, what happened? Yeah. Uh, That's the, like, this, this is the book I'm having the hardest time, like, keeping everything mm-hmm. straight from what happens from issue to issue. Yeah. Well, they're having a hard time uh, keeping up with us. So, you know, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Doomsday Clock from Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many people, I'm sure this is the best issue yet. Which is kind of understandable because because it, something happens. You, yeah, you get the uh, a delivery on a promise. Yeah, this cover here uh, indicates that Rorschach and Joker are going to fight. They do. Uh, 
Dr. Manhattan appears and we find out more about Adrian and Bubastis. Yeah. And Batman's there. Yes. Superman too. Whole bunch of stuff. We're mm-hmm. finally getting, and I'm really like, it's funny because it feels like, I'm sorry, it feels like it's finally actually happening like the way they promised. Like it, this is, this is actually, it's been a lot of build. Yeah. If it was we're we're halfway through the book and we're still building, F you. No. Things are actually paying off. Things are actually happening. If you don't like the concept of this being a sequel to Watchmen set in the DC universe, you ain't gonna like what happens because <laughs> it's just more of the same. Yeah. And it's just it's establishing that. Um but so much uh is happening in this and it's super cool. Uh at least as far as like it's cool. It's a neat idea. Like, it, it's fun. Um, yeah, it is. It's interesting because it's like Manhattan's here, which I was like super excited about. Yeah. Oh, uh, Baby Boobastis is a Dr. Manhattan Geiger counter. Yes. Which, by the way, like, I was like, that is a clever way to bring back Boobastis. Yes. And I also like the fact that, like, Boobastis is, like, the thing that, like, Adrian Veidt actually missed and yep. felt bad about. Like, it, like... Yeah, like, he's he is overwhelmed with guilt over letting Boobastis die, which is Boobastis. kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> so he uses the, like, leftover genetic material and some kind of, like, genetic... like the, the He uses... He tries to genetically re-engineer it based on what's left of Boobastis, and when that doesn't work, he turns to using Dr. Manhattan's genetic material and mixing the two, and, yeah. and this is what we get, and he's yeah. able to use it to to not only obscure his location, mm-hmm. um, but also as Bubastis picks up on various like an- energies, it yep. charges and it like creates like a magnetic effect with Doctor Manhattan. It like pulls Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, Manhattan in. cannot help but arrive. Yep, uh, it's it's a crazy bunch of stuff that happens. It is for me. It's like they're trying so hard. Or, like, John seems to be trying so hard to, like, intertwine these stories. And for some reason, once Manhattan shows up, who should be the linchpin of doing so, yeah. he immediately separates them. Yes. And I'm like, okay, wasn't the point of this to... Well, who knows? Like, it, Well, it... I meant to show, like, not only, like, not to bring them together necessarily, mm-hmm. but to, like, show how currently their fates are intertwined. Yeah. And it, I just thought it was interesting that, in, like, immediately, like, John shows up. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. We're going to leave. I'm taking all of the Watchmen characters and we're going to Mars. <clears throat> yeah. When I saw the circle, uh, John makes the circle around the people yeah. he's going to leave with. I'm like, I see the Joker and Batman are not in the circle. Yes. And then they leave. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. Uh, that being said, so, oh uh, man, um, a lot happens. It was fun. Like, I don't want to really necessarily talk about like the, the specifics of every single thing that happens in this book. Because right. like, a lot happens. And because it's a sequel to Watchmen, because it is, um, because it's a, uh, it's deliberately written to feel like a like an Alan Moore book. You could unpack everything that happens in every single panel. And, oh yeah. But the the long and the short of it is, uh, Batman breaks free. Manhattan gets pulled in. Ozymandias's like secret plot is revealed. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, and oh, Rorschach and, and is screwed. And he's not sick. No, he's not. He's been Which lying the like, entire time. I mean, like, I like it and I don't because it's very Ozymandias, but like I kind of like the humbling of I like, like that too. Like of that character with a debilitating disease such as that. Like I really like that where he's just like, no, like I am like perfect and I'm above all of this. Right, and then like cancer gets you. Yeah, because, like because like it will. Right? Like I really dig that, but yeah. it also is very <clears throat> fitting. Yes. Uh that he would lie about this and totally. that, 
You know what I mean? Like, no, I agree. Um, it was a cool. It was a cool book. Like it was cool. It, it and it was yeah. cool in a way that wasn't quite as cool. Like it wasn't like when comedian just opens fire on the DC villain pantheon. Right. Which was like cool, but it's like meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out a couple of other things, like we get some secret surprises about um, the the JSA. Uh, in more specifically, that like clearly Doctor Manhattan has a problem with the JSA, and he deliberately kills Alan Scott yeah. before he is the Green Lantern. Yes, and so as a result, there is no JSA. Yeah, and that's like I'm. I'm... Why does he do that? Paris, just. Very specifically, you. I don't like you. Yeah, he really has a problem with Alan Scott, but he also yeah. has a real problem with like the J. Well, he part of part of Manhattan's plot involves dismantling and preventing the JSA from forming. Yes. Um, I assume that like the Superman plot, you know, like the idea that the, the where are the superheroes coming from, mm-hmm. is the result of the fact that there are that there was no precedent for superheroes. The idea being that like because there was a JSA and it made everybody comfortable with the idea of there being superheroes back in like the 30s and 40s that when superheroes showed up in the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s, yeah. people were more accustomed to it as being a part of the cultural landscape. So Sorry. without their ground like without their foundation, people are more quick to believe a weird theory about there being like superheroes being engineered by the US government. Right, right, right. Um, it could also weirdly be, like, time trying to fix itself. Yes, that, like, because there's no JSA... Like, instead, like, like, pro- like scientific programs did develop that gave other superheroes to fill in, like... I don't know. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. And, like, it's it's very... it's it, I, I do wonder what his purpose is. Like, is it just for, like, just to see what would happen? Right. Um, what I did like in this was the callback to... Like the way Manhattan views time, yeah, which is important, and I think it was like the it was the last line of I think the button it was a quote from Manhattan talking about time, yeah, and the fact that like we keep checking in with different like former members of the j s a right and, or former never been members of the j s a kind of thing, right, but even like when like. They, they they foreshadow something that hasn't happened, obviously, where, like, he says, like, he's like, I, I walk off the, like, like black and white checkered floor yes. onto Mars. And I was just like, okay, and I didn't even think about that until... He does it. He does it. I was just like, that was, like, I appreciated that. That's very clever. That, that's very Dr. Manhattan. Like, yeah. To be looking forward and, and back. And the fact that Manhattan is now faced with an interesting conundrum. Yes, it's that he uh, he sees he 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 basically has an end, and he knows that there is he can't perceive time after a certain point, and that t- that point is Superman flying at him and is about to punch him. Yes, exactly. Um, which a lot of people were like, "Whoa, what? John's promised he would never like to think about it and like wait." You know, like I'm sure that John's isn't walking back any promises he made. Although I think it sucks that John's would say what's going to happen at the end of Doomsday Clock two years before Doomsday Clock came out. So, like, I'm, I'm basically throwing anything that John said about Doomsday Clock out the window when it comes to reading this book. Right. Because it should be read as a, as a, in a vacuum. Yeah. So, And, and yeah. like, because, because Dr. Manhattan, in a sense, like, you don't necessarily, we don't necessarily know what his capabilities are. We don't know what his end would look like or yeah. if it even is an end. Right. Like, he is, all he knows is he cannot see beyond a certain point. Exactly. Which is perplexing to well, him. And also a retread of, of Watchmen. Yeah. So, you know, he's been there before. Mm. Uh, but that being said, you know, this is compelling. And I'm, 
uh, for as bored as I had been a couple of times, and it's like I'm like I don't know if this is worth the kind of buildup. Uh, it's been really cool. Yeah, and like I think the the second half of this is going to prove whether or not the slow burn of the first six issues was worth it. Was worth it, or, or if it could have been consolidated a little more. So, I mean, in this we also get that Marionette is pregnant again. Again, yes. Um, and we get the fact that obviously Manhattan knows who, where her first child is and what they've done. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we just kind of, he just kind of like, he's like, I'm not going to talk about that. And so I'll just let you know you're pregnant again. Exactly. And I don't have to deal with it at all. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I will say, um, there's also a great moment where, uh, Rorschach beats the Joker to death. Yeah. And that takes care of one of the Jokers. Is he dead? Yeah. Okay. Well, you never know. With I think he's dead. You I think never that, know with the that, Joker. That was the indication I, I got. Like, I could be wrong. I mean, like I'm fully willing to admit that I'm wrong, but I right. think he. Died. I only say that because he's come back from. Yes, but the fact that like he's John's come back from work. The fact that John's <laughs> established there are three of them, and yeah. that he's writing this makes me think that like they were killing one of them. Right. Right. And right. so yeah, uh, new Rorschach, former Rorschach, so he quits. Uh, is is like beats the Joker to death. Right. And so you're like, oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Like. I don't know why you did that. Which Joker is it? This is... Because <laughs> it's very obvious that they're leading up to Marionette and Mime somehow, like, either being the parents of or whatever. This is where they're just like, oh, no. It, it, using time travel and whatever, it turns out that Marionette and Mime actually gave birth to the comedian. Right. And <laughs> he's just a man out of time. Right. Or, like, the Joker is their parents. <laughs> uh, right? I like, know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's such emphasis on those two characters, mm-hmm. in particular Marionette. Yeah, very much in particular her. Right. Um. So I'm interested to see where that goes. The fact that they keep mentioning Lori. Yes. But there's like, but not going to there. We're, like, we don't I, see like we're her. We're never going to see them. No, and I'm kind of like glad about that. But still, <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to necessarily see those characters anymore. But you know. Yeah, it feels it feels strange though. Yeah. It does. You know, I mean, like at least I guess they got to go on with their lives, mm-hmm. but like they're missing entirely. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think this is definitely a stronger issue mm-hmm. than, has, than has happened, but that's, that's only saying that now having read seven issues, not having read all the issues, because at the end of the day, depending on where the story goes, we could go back and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, and that's the, that, that's what we should be able to do with this series. We, we need to be able to reread it and, and, and find new meaning mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So Certainly. hopefully whatever we can unpack from this, uh, yeah. is, is only scratching the surface. Right. And again, Frank's art. Great. Great. Yep. Great. Glad he gets extra time. Yeah. You know, but also, damn, it's killing the book and the and, and the uh, and, <laughs> and the momentum. It, yeah, it really is just uh, killing the pacing in a, in a weird way because the issues themselves, the pacing is fine, but like the overall like issue to issue pacing, not great. Yeah. Uh, Silver Cricket, we will see what happens next month. Ha, sure. I don't think anyone said that, but mm. fair enough. Uh, Mid uh, Micronic, uh, Heroes in Crisis and Doomsday Clock connected. No. Uh, Silver Cricket, I think Billy Batson's going to be Marionette's son because Jeff Johns has to make Shazam relevant since he said Shazam is going to be critical. Yeah, and he was supposed to be critical in a previous series, uh, Dark Knight's Metal. But uh, they John's told him to take him out. Right. Uh, Gabriel Torbo, Watchmen 2, Doomsday Clock, directed by John, Scott Snyder, Save the DCU. Sure. <laughs> They're never going to make that movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, I guess we'll get back to the other book that everybody's very excited about. Yeah. Uh, for one reason or another. Yep. And that's Tom King and Clayman's Heroes in Crisis number one, which is uh, Identity Crisis 2. For, for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a story that establishes that there is like a post-traumatic stress disorder uh, sanctuary called Sanctuary. Yes. 
that uh, was set up by the Trinity, and it's for a bunch of like, it, it's it's basically a sanctuary for heroes to like chill and hopefully deal with their stresses. Yeah. And uh, the book opens uh, with uh, people being dead there, like sanctuary. We establish sanctuary, and then it's destroyed. Yeah, it's like it's because I think and then they reference it really in other books, but it was right. all shoehorned in. It's like the style of story where it's just like, here's what happened. Mm-hmm. Now let's lead up to what happened. Yeah, uh, and so you know, Heroes in Crisis is just kind of like an. It's a book that is all set up. It's setting up like the mystery, which I don't think King had any excitement or interest in doing. Um, okay. The whole book is two things. Uh, the Trinity finding out what happened in yes. the Sanctuary and Harley Quinn being able to defeat Booster Gold. And uh, that is what happens. Mm-hmm. And there's also like a... like, And Harley leaves it with like, oh, Booster Gold's the murderer. There's a bunch of people died. Yeah, in, in, oh, I know. In, in Sanctuary. Yeah. And uh, so... We so basically, what the book is is like it's a it's a it's a you it's a list of people who died in the book. Yeah. Like, and the people who died are someone's favorite characters. You know, not mine, but like I get it. Uh, we also lose like some other heavier hitters. We lose Arsenal. We lose Wally mm-hmm. West. Yeah. Um, off panel, and uh, I feel like there'll probably be some like flashback that'll show you who like how they died. Right. Particularly because they're so essential, and because like. Literally, Wally West was the linchpin for Flash War, which is a huge Josh Williamson, Williamson event. Yeah. And it's kind of like the whole point of DC Rebirth was bringing back Wally West to kill him off panel in an event just because, like, we're now... Because Tom King is DC's darling is kind of, like, weird. Um, but also, hey, like, you know what? Tom King made his bones writing a book called Grayson, which was Dan DiDio's book to make people hate Dick Grayson, and instead King made Grayson relevant again. Right. Such that it made him into Nightwing, so now we gotta use some other event to make Dick Grayson irrelevant again, because right. somebody has a real problem with Dick Grayson. <laughs> and Wally West, for that matter. But, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, it, it's... I will tell you this. Uh, this book is pretty. Oh, it's a beautiful book. Clayman he's, rocks. He's incredible. It's just, it's gorgeous, and I gotta tell you, like, in terms of the writing... Um, there are these great, uh, there are two sequences that are my favorites. Okay. Uh, the sequence where Superman discovers the dead bodies. Right. Are great. Um, I really loved King's ability to capture Superman's voice and his, like, his feeling of helplessness. Yes. And fear. Yes. And it's not fear, like, it's not even his own fear, it's fear for others. Right, right, right. Uh, it's just, it's legit Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like the characters, which I'm showing on the screen, uh, the the, the uh, kind of like, hi, I'm the, this character, yeah. and I'm in Sanctuary, and these are this is why I'm here. Right, and like, I know they're meant to look like interviews, but it turns out it's actually just an, uh, an AI or robot that they're talking to is meant to help them. Exactly. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting, because like, it, it also explains some of their awkwardness early on, because they clearly um are probably a little uncomfortable it's just like really i'm gonna talk to a robot like a, like a cold lifeless like unfeeling thing and you're gonna help me okay mm-hmm. i'll give this a shot yeah exactly but uh but it's 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 really like mm-hmm. smartly written and it's hard to talk about it outside of the like context around it you know, because like Heroes in Crisis, because when you if you don't know, uh, Heroes in Crisis was originally something else. It was called I'm sure it was called Sanctuary, right. uh, and Tom King had this story that he wanted to write about heroes with PTSD and dealing with that, and it was going to be about Sanctuary. Right. I'm sure, and then from what I understand, Didio and others uh, came in and said, turn it into something else, make it a more like crazy like murder mystery event. Okay. 
And so, like, characters that needed to die weren't organically supposed to die in the story, and the whole concept of Sanctuary was literally destroyed in the first page. Right. So it's like, is this a series that Tom King is excited to write? Or is it a series that Tom King was excited to write that he now has to write? Has to write, as opposed to. As opposed to wants to write. Yeah. And that kind of sucks, and I feel bad for him as a result of that. Yeah, But that's, if that's true, and if, like, we're actually privy to that kind of information, I hope... That it isn't, but I feel like I've read comics long enough. I know it is. Right. Uh, but like, you know, and and the other thing is like, does that make it a bad story just because editorial wants it to be something else? It, um, yeah, that's, I don't know. Because like sometimes you can take those notes and like turn it into something great. And sometimes it really disrupts the entire story. Yeah. For me, I, I was less intrigued, honestly, by the mystery mm-hmm. of it all in this issue and that's not to say like i mean overall i mean like i feel like this issue could have done for with a few more pages because the pacing was a little off for me very well because the fight with booster gold is so incongruous with what's happening everywhere else it is like i i i you got three stories you got like the the, the establishment of sanctuary yeah the fight with harley quinn yes and the the aftermath of the sanctuary murder yeah and like oftentimes stories like that are like or scenes like that are meant to like kind of like echo one mm-hmm. another and they don't um and like the only echo there really is the violence in a sense right and it i don't know like the pacing for me just was overall was like I don't know if it was rushed or just like it, it, it wasn't even enough overall. And I, I can't tell if like maybe just having this issue be a little longer since it's, a, it's the first issue. Right. So why not make it a double so, page or, issue? It doesn't have to be double pages. You could just, just do the four full, more issues. You or could pages. do the full like 32 without ads. That would have been nice. You know what I mean? And that's like, hey, like give him a little more room to like tell the story that he wants to tell in the first issue to, to kind of set us up yeah. and actually give us a mystery instead of the mystery in this feels more like a lack of like panel information as opposed to like a, a, a legitimate like crafting of story and mystery. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't mean that the, he doesn't have that set up. I think that he didn't have enough room in this issue to do it. No, especially because, especially if it's true that he had to like tailor the whole damn thing to something else where he's yeah. like, Oh, well then how the hell do I open the story? Right. Like, right. Because like the, I know like calling it heroes in crisis obviously makes me think of the PTSD version of it. Yes. But but it's also I, a crisis I, I, now. But I also felt like it was that message was lost in this issue. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I who the the heroes that were in crisis are dead. Yes. So who the hell do I care about now? Right. Like, so now, who is the like, crisis? Like, and I'll be honest with you, like Harley's interview was mm-hmm. more interesting mm. than anything else I felt like she did in this issue. Mm, that's true. You know, like Yeah. Like I don't I don't know. Like there was like, I can't tell if the disconnect is there intentionally because we're going to be filled in later on or the disconnect mm-hmm. was there because they changed it. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I'm I'm worried about decompression. Like, it's supposed yeah. to be a nine-issue series, which is forgivably short compared to, like, other major issues compared to Doomsday Clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but we'll see. I, I don't know. I will say um, I'm one of the few people who really enjoyed Identity Crisis. So, like, I like those kind of, like, murder mystery slash, oh, sure. like, deep emotional stories about our heroes. So I'm excited to see it. I love that moment where Superman can't remember the character, like the, the, the character I can't remember is a uh, catchphrase. Yeah. It was really, really solid yeah, I'm, stuff. I'm warm and, uh, hot spot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think a hot spot, hot shot, hot shot. Yeah. <laughs> a hot spot, something you use with your phone. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I don't think any, the, the chat's jumping up about a booster goal being, not being dead. I don't think any of us said the booster goal died. 
No, they were talking about it in the chat. Okay, good. Like just someone, making sure. No, no, no. I, think I was like, did I misspeak? No, no, no. no. I, I, he's good. Like, I, as far as I know, he's just bleeding out with, with Harley. With Harley in the field. She, she stabbed him a whole lot. Yes. Um, not the way that, you know, What's-His-Face did on Conan O'Brien. No, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah. You know what's funny is, like, I really kind of enjoyed the scene of them in the diner. Mm. Because... I thought we were going to get a little more of a verbal thing. Yeah, it, like between the two of them. Like, yeah, when she says, "Is there going to be a fight?" and they and she's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Oh God!" I'm like, really? Right. And but then like, I was like, "Oh, a verbal fight." Yeah. Initially, I thought like that's where we were going with this, and I was like, "That is really smart to take her character and give her that chance to like explore what's going on and where she is mentally." And instead, we just jumped into it. And yeah. again, like I can't tell where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Um. But maybe issue two is going to help to kind of clear up what I'm feeling is almost like a weird haze yes. over this issue. I certainly hope so. Uh, that would that would be great. Yeah. Uh, Again, jump. the book itself, though, is so beautiful. It's okay. so great. Like, there's just something about, um, I don't know why this panel is so striking, because, like, they do a lot of cool visual things, like showing Superman seeing things close up. Yep. Very cool. But the panel for me that I don't know why I stuck at was when Harley takes a bite of that pie, and it's just like, it's just the profile of her with the fork in between her, her teeth. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why. I was just like, that's just such a beautiful panel. Yeah. Yeah. No, I that agree. Right there. Like, I just thought that was such a lovely, lovely panel. And like, I don't know if it's just because the profile is done really nicely. It's just very simple, subtle. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's just a great There's looking like book. There's some tension to it. Yeah. Overall, it's just a gorgeous book. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's tough. Uh, for me, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Tom King. I love his vision. I think his Mr. Miracle is, like, you know, in- incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't like most of the other things he's done, and I think that it's all kind of, like, have a sa- have a, has a sameness. Right. I think he's kind of, like, bought into his own hype a little bit. But, um, and this is not going to help him in any way grow right. as a writer. But Right. Like, and, like, what I don't like, though, is that, like, when... Like I get, I get editorial has to come in sometimes and be like, we'd like to see this. Um, yeah, but, and they will every time. Right. So. But what I don't like is that we won't know what was him and what wasn't now. Right. And like that is unfair. Like let a writer stand on their own two feet. Mm-hmm. You know, and like if the story doesn't hit or someone doesn't like it, at least that was the story they wanted to tell. Exactly. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel know. Maybe it's backlash for Batman Fifty, where they were like, nope. <laughs> I don't yeah it, it, who knows you screwed that who one knows? up or all, he or they screwed him up for that right. who knows all I know is I'm unwilling to pass judgment at all on this first issue because mm-hmm. it's a first issue yeah. sometimes I'm like totally excited sometimes I'm not but like I can't I, I don't know I don't yeah. know what to say about it. I will say here's the thing uh, if you wanted to know where the diff where, where the end of DC Rebirth was it's here mm. like DC Rebirth is straight up dead right and uh, it was murdered by someone from Heroes in Crisis. Uh, I don't know if that is a good sign. I feel really weird with DC right now because I feel like DC made a lot of mistakes with the New 52. And then they gained a lot of favor with DC Rebirth. Yeah. And the same people who screwed everything up for everybody in every respect from every angle, depending on which person you're asking about what's great about whatever of era Mm -hmm. are still working at DC and still at the editorial level. Yeah. So like anything you don't like about decisions that were made five, 10 years ago, they're the same people who are making the decisions today. Yeah. And so like, Rebirth kind of was an indication that maybe they learned their lesson, right? but everything now says maybe they didn't, and it's kind of like really weird to see 
the same people doing the same things every five to ten years. Mm. Uh, and I'm not even talking about story. I'm just talking about, like, direction and tone. Right. Um, you know, when they launched the New 52, I know from, like, the writers who worked on the books that they were building the New 52 from, that they had no direction. And there was no roadmap mm-hmm. for the New 52. Except for this term, dark. Right. That sucks. And Rebirth is decidedly not. But this is. Mm-hmm. And it's emblematic of a problem that someone at the editorial level has where they think that dark means good and adult. And right. it's not. Here it is. So take it as you will. I'll say this. The book was a, was a beautiful book and... New, and, and and DC is attracting some incredible artists and writers, and mm-hmm. so you know, let's let's hope for the best. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, just had to say that out loud because okay. you know what? Like sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy here. <laughs> um, so those are the new books that yes. came out this week. Let's jump into some books that are coming out this week. But before we do that, we gotta talk to the super chat. Um, the Terror of Death. I know this does uh, theory, but what if Manhattan is doing this because God like is finally getting to him? being divorced from human morality for so long that I finally just gone evil. Ah. Uh, also, Heroes in Crisis made me uh, pissed because they killed off Booster Gold. Or Arsenal and Wally. Well, they didn't kill off Booster Gold, but they did kill his character. <laughs> uh, and yes, Arsenal and Wally are still dead. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Manhattan went full evil. Who knows? Uh, or, like, doesn't recognize the difference between good and evil anymore because that's, like, weirdly, a, a, it's a human thing. Like, exactly, you know I mean? yeah. Like, that's not that's not bad. Uh, wayward. I also I almost wish each issue of the series was a character study, intertwined with an interview with different characters. I yeah I I would enjoy that. Yeah, or even if it's like those interview stuff, but like those interviews and then just the story also, like yeah. to keep those interviews going. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Maybe they'll just keep doing that. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, let's jump into some books that we think you should pick up this week that uh, we think are pretty cool. Yes. Um, let's get into it. Yes. Uh, here's a neat book that I think is fun. Uh, it's not really new, but you know what? Why not? Okay. Um, there's an omnibus coming out. It's uh, the the Michelini, uh McFarlane era of Spider-Man. It's in a sweet, beautiful, probably recolored, which means it probably doesn't look as good as it used to, uh, <laughs> omnibus of that era. So if you dig old school Spider-Man stuff, you're probably going to like this uh, this book. So check that out. That's awesome. Uh, what else you got? Um, well, you heard me talking about it before, um, but as Guardians of the Galaxy number two is coming out, um, just a high-flying, um, space adventure with Angela and Valkyrie and, yeah, a bunch of other Asgardians. That's cool. As, and, and Kid Loki, as we found out at the end of the last issue. Oh. Yeah. He's okay. In, he's in the, uh, the suit. Man, the, uh... people love Loki, and I don't know what the hell they're doing with him, because... <laughs> well, he's, he's got something over on Angela, and, like... He wants, yeah, they, and then they got like this crazy undead army mm-hmm. coming back from like past Ragnaroks. Okay. Like the, the Asgardians, like their, their empty shells are coming back Ooh. to fight. And I'm like, that's cool. That's, cool. that's so, a cool idea. Definitely gonna check that out. Uh, the what if era of Marvel has returned. And I'm very happy to say that. Uh, they Ooh. are rolling out with a number of what if books this October. Uh, the first one that's coming out is What If Spider-Man Was uh, Flash Thompson, which has only been done, I think, four times in What If history. Uh, this time, uh, Flash Thompson becomes Spider-Man. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, read the, I read the preview pages for this book, and it looks fun. Um, 
I'm more excited about the What If Punisher, which is clearly just a What If Spider-Man, but it's got Punisher in it. Yeah. We'll get to that in, in the future. Um, this is neat. Um, there's literally a whole book that's actually called What If Peter Parker Had to Destroy Spider-Man or What If Flash Thompson Became Spider-Man. I don't remember, but okay. it, it's fun. Uh, and pick it up if you want to see the the return of What If, because they money talks, and every time you want to like see a book return... You know, yeah, you, you have to you have to buy it, right? Make right, it happen. Right. Um, it's written by Jerry Conway, so it's going to be great. Excellent. Um, and that's really cool. Um, so, what else we got? Uh, sticking with the Marvel train. Um, I feel like we well, I didn't actually end up talking about it, but no. Doctor Strange is coming out again. Doctor Strange number six. I'm going to be picking up where the last issue left off with uh, Doctor Strange v Doctor Strange. What? Yeah. What is happening? We're going to find out. Also, you know, you know. Or things in the balance, what have you. Oh, sure. <laughs> that's all very interesting. But I'm more sure. or less, like, it's Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange. Come on. And that's cool. You got two Doctor Strange for the price of one. I know. I'm Why the hell not? Um, this is a series that I've talked about before. I talked about it at the beginning of this show. Yes. Uh, Death of Inhumans continues with Death of Inhumans number four of five. Probably the best cover of the issue of the series. It is... This, it's gorgeous. This book is great, and it explains why Ben, why uh, Marvel is treating Donny Cates like the new Bendis. Um, <laughs> I don't agree with their decision to do that, but I also no. got to say, uh, dude had a pitch, and he is executing it flawlessly. Yeah, yeah. I seriously want a print of that cover. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, it's it's just great. It's uh, just Death of Humans is still a fantastic series. I've loved it from beginning to end. Yes. Check it out. Yeah, incredible. Uh, Magic Order for my uh, indie pick, I guess, um, yeah. is coming out this week. Uh, Mark Miller and Olivia Coppell. It's a beautiful looking book. Incredibly like dark. I know we just talked about how dark, not always great. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> I'm reading two books that are super dark right now. Uh, Justice League Dark and Magic Order. And Magic Order is one of the miniseries. And I think Mark Miller does a really good job in miniseries form. Yes. Um, yeah. Just crazy things happen in this book. I, I don't want to like ruin it if you're not kept up on it but yeah. like, if you are you know what i'm talking about you gotta go pick this up if you're not a part of it you gotta go grab Damn the rest right. of the issues because i love this book it's really incredible um last issue of course we had that crazy cover yes that like a lot of people saw where it was like essentially like an orgy of like the same individual yes it yes it happens in the book but like you know something similar ish happens um but yeah really yeah. enjoy the storytelling in this book and just i can't wait to see where it's gonna go nice uh, and of course we got to show some love to DC. Uh, mm -hmm. so let's jump into them. Um, I saw a video that Scott Snyder made recently where, uh, he was talking about how great the series is. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't say I disagree. Just League number nine comes out yeah. and continues with the trend of this crazy, great series. Dude sucked the landing with the first arc. Uh, I'm more what? than confident he will what nail it. What is going on on that cover? I have no damn idea. I All I know it. is I'm just excited to read it because I think, uh, I think that this is the most successful run of justice league in a long time right, it almost like, looks like a crazy like alternate version of a parademon <laughs> yeah uh I, i'm down whatever it is right it's super cool right and um S snyder's nailing it yeah. and like that's I, I don't get to say that too often so i'm very happy that i can <laughs> Um, if you are an old school Vertigo fan or a new fan of Vertigo, if you watched our Sandman uh, back issues, uh, the Dreaming Number Two is coming out. Um, this book is going to be dealing the most with the characters from um, the original Sandman, in a sense, uh, yeah. at least a few of them, um, and what's going on currently with uh, Daniel Hall and the Dreaming itself. Uh, the first issue, I'm, again, I, I, I was 
I'm excited for this series overall because what yeah. it means for just strengthening Vertigo. Yes, Vertigo well, didn't run away, but it just it. They fun. certainly kind of killed it. They didn't really. They they, did, they put out things very infrequently and like just weren't putting out a lot. So like to see this re- resurgence of it um, with Gaiman at least having kind of oversaw a lot of the stories. Yeah, even if he won't like write it. Yeah, he's not currently writing it. Um, but someone else is. Uh, yeah. So. Just excited to check it out at the very least, see where this is going, uh, new characters that they're introducing, and what Daniel Hall is actually doing, because it seems like he quit, and not like the way Morpheus did where he didn't have a choice. No. Um, this is just like Daniel Hall is just like, nah. <laughs> but something new is coming. Oh, no. So I, I hope it's Morpheus. <laughs> that would be something old. Yep. Okay, so remember before we were talking about Justice League Dark, and I mentioned there's some crazy stuff going out. over uh, Throughout October, there's going to be like a weekly event going on called The Witching Hour. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be going on through different series. So this is the first one that's coming out. Oh, cool. Um, it's Wonder Woman and Justice League Dark. Uh, it's going to be talking a lot about Hecate. It's going to be going a lot into Justice League. It's going to be crossing over into um, Wonder Woman as well mm-hmm. in like the coming weeks. Um, so as we go through, I'll, I'll make sure to keep mentioning this if you're trying to follow along with it yeah um but i'm super excited i think this is an extra long issue too so um yeah i more 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 (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah uh i think that's all the books that are fit to print yeah Um, i mean at least as far as we're concerned yeah Uh, i'm sure there's plenty more but those are the books that we looked up recently exactly like Um, like i don't know if you've been following but that that super sons mini is coming out yes there's another super sons which of course is a great series so definitely check it out um jumping into the super chats before we wrap up here uh where were we ah the amazing amazo love your guys videos i'm glad i can catch one live keep up the good work thank you very much amazing amazo uh terror of death will warner brothers or whoever's in charge of dc get rid of dan didio that's entirely up to the people who are in charge of dc and i don't know who that would be honestly um also like you know I, i don't really know what he does so i'm hesitant to say he should go away because power vacuums are bad yeah um, Silvery Cricket, Sandman versus the Max. Who wins? Playground ground rules. Sandman. Yeah. Max, lo- and ba- Max never won, ever, anything <laughs> in his life. Right. Literally, Max always loses. Right. He is like... Also, like, if you do... It depends on which one you're talking about. Yeah. If it's Daniel Hall, he might have a chance. If it's Morpheus... No way. Morpheus doesn't always play by the rules and he doesn't always he learns empathy throughout the series of yes. Sandman so depending on what point you yeah, find him point? he may have no empathy for his character at all that's true I know I wouldn't um, <laughs> no I think I think Max has a has an op, has a shot if he were to be I mean like they could they could easily do um, what could they do I don't know It's it would be really hard <laughs> it'd be hard to make it work it, it would it would uh, instead of them fighting they should you know yeah it should be more or less like morpheus like what is this yeah like morpheus in the outback or discovering it would be kind of fun yeah like just, just like showing up and being like huh yeah exactly. i didn't make this no that'd be neat <laughs> i'd be okay with that um let me see here i'm just trying to get the uh because we are gonna be at new york comic-con this upcoming weekend, by the way, sorry to those of you out there who didn't get a chance to see us. Uh, we did not get a chance to go to Baltimore this year. Yeah. It was just a, just a crazy weekend, so we were just all over the place. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so if you get a chance to go to New York Comic Con, we should meet up. It'll be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a booth, but uh, DC has one, and we're just going to use theirs. We're not so, using their booth, though. We're using their general location because their booth is re- like removed from yes. the rest of the con, and there's a nice open area over there that we've hung out at before and just actually used just to collect members of our party. Yes, it's true. It's a great, well, it's a great landmark to use. Yeah, it really is. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw up a little map on the screen here on level two. You'll find uh, the DC booth 
is all the way at the end, mm-hmm. like all the way over there. And between the escalators that get you there and DC are going to be us. Probably like right around the doors that yeah. lead outside to where cosplayers get together. Now there's a whole wing for cosplayers, so God knows what's out there. Probably nothing. Um, but well, they might still take pictures out there. Because yeah, it'll the, it'll be the lighting. Well, and also you're you're in like a million pounds of outfit. Like you definitely want to take a break. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, right over there. Uh, if you check out our Twitter handles, uh, YouTube or Twitter.com/slash/salsaswhat or Twitter.com/slash/therealzoobs, uh, we will be able to update you live about where we are and what we're doing. But like, if you follow this map here, on Friday from three to three thirty, we're going to be hanging out and meeting up with people. And on Saturday from three thirty to four, we'll be hanging out and waiting for you guys uh, to chill and say hello and post for selfies and whatnot uh because you know it's a great opportunity to like say hello and meet people like you who watch the show and make this whole experiment possible yes so we're very very lucky to have you and we want to say hello and thank you um so if you are going to new york follow that uh that map is available on my twitter handle and it's also available in all these various social medias that comic up has uh facebook discord twitter Instagram, that map is all over the place. And it's pinned to the top, and it will be such until the end of uh, the con. Yeah. Uh, But we'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We hope to run into all of you then. Yes. But uh, not all of Compop will be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Instead, uh, all of Compop will be there Thursday, Friday. Yes. And the rest of us, that's me, you, and Ben, and Danielle, will be there on Saturday. Yes. Uh, And Sunday, God knows. Yeah. We might not even go. We, we don't know. But, uh, but we, you can be guaranteed to see us there uh, sa- uh, Friday and Saturday yeah. at those times yes. that I just mentioned. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, um, oh, by the way, uh, just to jump back into the Super Chat because people have popped in. Heartless Fang loved the recent comic line. If you haven't watched Thank our comic line, we uh, delve deep into the bat dick situation and we would love to uh, get your opinions on it and uh, we would love for you to watch it. We also got a chance to play with uh, with sketches again and I'd like to try we and did. try and make that, was, that a regular thing. That was a lot of fun. We actually like had a really good time doing that. Yeah, we were all really, really glad we got a chance to do that. I'm glad <laughs> we had that, that thought. We were like, we should make it a that, sketch! That was all you. Yes, that's true. Totally well, all right, you. That's a <laughs> like, So check it out uh, if, you get, if, you, if you haven't already. Yes. Uh, you know, and so yeah, uh, thanks a lot for watching, and yeah. we'll see you next week with an all new episode. Uh, are you going to be streaming? Yeah. Okay, so in about like forty minutes or so, uh, go over to the purple channel. Uh, Danielle, will pop a link in the description uh, yes. of this. Uh, well, in the super chat right now, not super chat. You're all super chats, but you know the chat where you are right now. Uh, <laughs> but go over to the purple channel where they stream uh, video game stuff that YouTube does uh, licks, listens for. So yeah, can't mention it. So we, but we'll be over there, uh, and you'll be playing some Spider-Man. I that's guess. Our, yeah, Spider-Man. For but now. Uh, we're going into October, which means you're going to be doing some. Uh, I'm going to split it up. Like one day will be horror games, and one day will be because um, I do Wednesday and Sundays right now. So one's going to be horror, and one's going to be Spider-Man. So. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, you're only like 35% done with the game anyway. I think so I'm only got... like 26%. Yeah, I think you're well, right. At least I, I don't remember. I'll, I don't know. Look. I'll, I'll look when I load it in. Whatever. But yeah. uh, come by there and hang out with us. Yes. And we'll do. see you then. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot for watching. And we'll see you then. Uh, bye. I'll see you soon. You'll see them soon. I'll see you like tomorrow. Bye.